Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts... Tom Zappala, and Rico Petroselli. Rico, my man. How are Thank you, you. That's so nice, the interview, uh, the uh, introduction. You know something? How I come I you. can't hear you? I miss you already. I miss you, you already. Yeah. Wow. I do. So, I miss uh, you already. You're on the west coast of Florida. I'm on the east coast of Florida. Yeah, we got cold waves. Tell everybody about our cold waves. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, it, we woke up this morning. It was a frigid 65. Yeah. Now it's going to get up to 72, which I'm a little pissed at, but that's okay. same thing here. Same thing on this side. I can't too. take so this. I, one I, I know it. Uh, I mean, we get out of new England to come down here. We're coming down here to the Arctic. Well, when we first came down, it was 82 degrees almost every day for a week. I know. I heard we get here. Then it cooled late. off. All right. But, well, listen, anyway. welcome. The name of the show is the great American collectible show. Welcome everyone. Uh, you know, we've, we've started talking about this a lot. We have expanded our platform to the nth degree. You can watch us on, obviously, the PSA Facebook Live page, Sports Collectors Daily, our own. A lot of our viewers share it. You can uh, listen to us on TuneIn Radio, 980 WCAP on TuneIn Radio. Uh, we have our own YouTube channel, and we'd love you to go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, and Hit like. We'd love you to hit like. Then you can listen to us uh, on Alexa, Pandora, Spotify, uh, I Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, or in all these platforms. I got a question for you, Rico. Me? You think Alexa and Pandora know each other? Yes. I think uh, Alexa and Pandora uh, are um, friends of people. Uh, I, I don't have it. I don't... Uh, because I think that... Uh, oh, here we go. Don't throw it out there. No, I'm not going to. Anyway, no. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not crazy about it. I had it for two days. And, uh, Steve, Steve, Steve Sloan. Steve is, is here. Chief Thank God. Officer Thank God. Steve is in the house. Stephen, welcome. Stephen, Rico thinks that there's a little, like, guy inside Alexa that's listening to him. Right? Yeah. I thought so, too. I mean, how... How do they always know what I'm looking at, what I'm talking about? Because it instantly shows up on my next like screen, it whether it's Instagram or Facebook. So I, know. I had to turn Alexa off in my house because my kids were driving me crazy with it, always asking questions and requesting music. So <laughs> yeah, it's out. Well, my, my neighbor, my neighbor called me before we got here. The week, uh, well, four days before we got here, my next door neighbor had called me up. He says, Tom. There's a noise coming out of your your unit, man. It's you know his condo was right next door to mine. He's I, he didn't have a key. I forgot to give him a key. So I have another neighbor that has a key. They went in there and Alexa was playing music. No kidding, huh? She wow. must have heard something. Jeez. I don't know. I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> Told you there's a little girl, little lady in there saying that. All right, right. Uh, listen. So we have a great show today. Uh, Steve uh, is the chief marketing officer, obviously, for Collectors Universe, former president of PSA. But, Steve, it seems as though um, your roles and responsibilities uh, have not only changed, but how are you how are you keeping up with this? Well, first off, thanks for having me on. Excited to be. I got a little nervous when you started listing all the places this is uh, distributed to. So uh, just bear with me, everyone out there. <laughs> no, it, it's been That's crazy at Collector's Universe. I think uh, all of our submitters, customers know how busy we've been um, on the submission side. But I think one thing I'd like to stress is that we are making tons of progress. We're hiring like crazy and it's coming together. 2022 is going to be an awesome year for, for CU, for collectors, and but also our customers. You know, I got to tell you something. You know, the, I'll tell you what the, what the great uh, uh, measuring stick is. The complaints on the Great American Facebook page, seriously, have diminished by 85% over the last six months. I mean, you know, and I'm not talking complaints. I'm just talking about, and you know, I mean, people that were frustrated, it's like, we don't see them anymore. 
we don't see them anymore. So that's a good sign. Well, yeah, I think what, they're still out there. I mean, we haven't gotten through the backlog completely. And until that mission is completed, we won't consider our work done on that front. Um, you know, the common uh, refrain that we hear, and it's very valid, is where are my cards? Um, we were inundated. And that happened from about January to, to May of 2021, uh, just with the explosion of interest. So we have a ton of uh, work still to, ahead of us to get that out. And, but we're very we're much closer than we've ever been before. I'll just put it that way. Um, hang in there. We're, we're getting there. We're, we're getting much closer. You know, uh, here, not only here in Florida, but uh, back back home, uh up in uh, Boston, New Hampshire. I mean, every other store, every other store has a sign, you know, of <laughs> looking hiring. for people, right. hiring. Wow, this is incredible. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, uh, it must be tough for you guys, too, out in uh, California. It, it's it's tough, but it's gotten a lot better because we have an incredible better. talent acquisition team, and that's something that yeah. Nat brought in right away, recognizing yeah. the need for growth. And so we have a phenomenal uh, VP of talent acquisition who is really grinding to get all of these recs filled, all mm. these positions filled. So cool. we have a collectors, universe.com slash careers, psacard.com slash careers. You can see everything we have, but you tend to do more marketing. And that's part of my responsibility yeah. as chief marketing officer is really to push more uh, awareness on the, these roles through platforms yeah. like uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. You know, yeah, I look, about, uh, I was going to say, I mean, I'll come on if you need some help for a hundred thousand yeah. a year. Uh, <laughs> and can Tom, you, can, Tom uh, will help. Yeah. Can you, uh, can you code? Are you a software engineer? That's really oh, what we Rico, need. Oh, <laughs> any, anything, whatever. You, can I tell you something? Rico, okay. does, you know, he's got a doorbell that doesn't work in his house. <laughs> Wait, what are you kidding? I went to ITT. Whatever they call it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Steve, you, uh, you know, to follow up on, on what Rico uh, asked you relative to the workforce, you know, if you go back to PSA uh, 20 years ago, the dynamic of the workforce, the talent of the workforce is complete, was completely different than it is now. I mean, you guys really are a high tech company now, correct? That's what we're becoming. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I would describe our evolution as we started as a hobby company and we were really, uh, really found, uh, founded based on the principles of, of accuracy, integrity, um, and working to grow awareness on the value of third-party grading. And as we've grown, you know, we morphed into more of a manufacturing setting where we're able to add uh, really proper lean processes around our expertise. Um, but with that, you need additional help. And that's where we're morphing into our next evolution, which is as a tech company, which is where Nat and Kevin Lenane and others are coming in and really adding that expertise for us. And so as a tech company, it's it's a completely new environment for someone like myself, but it's also very invigorating because it's a high pace, fast uh, speed environment where we're applying tons of very smart people from incredible companies um, like Amazon and Netflix and these really, really high growth areas to our unique industry. And I think collectors should be excited about that. It's like we have so much upside as an industry because of, you know, we've kind of been dormant for the last couple of decades in the sense that we haven't really applied a ton of tech. And if you look anywhere in your life, whether it's your phone, the Alexa's we were talking about, everything's really gravitating towards that, obviously. So why not cards? Why not the way you collect and the information you're able to access as part of your collecting experience? You know, you're making, well, I, uh, go ahead, Rick. Well, I was going to ask you about the people who are complaining or not, even not complaining, but uh, some have patience why are they doing that? In other words, what do they want to do after they get, uh, you know, after they get, get the cards back from you? I mean, is it because they want to sell them? Is it because they want to just have them? You know what I mean? In other words, that's a good question. Yeah. It's what's a great the big question. hurry? What's the big hurry? Yeah. I mean, well, uh, it's a very valid complaint. I mean, I think the expectation for turnaround time historically was about three months for the lower end services, and we're approaching a year plus in certain instances. Um, you know, I, I think there's a mixture of people uh, who have submitted to us over the last year. And part of my responsibility is here is to identify the customer segments. And we've done that. And we, we recognize that there's three typical types of submitters to us, obviously the dealer community next is the collectors and the new emerging areas, investors, people who look at this as a space exactly. that they can make money. And so that, that to your, your, your point there, Rico, yes, there's quite a few people who have money tied up with us right now and waiting for it to return to them so they can liquidate. And that's a very valid complaint. 
because uh, you know obviously uh, there's money to be made in such a, well, a great well, market. Not like only that, and Steve, you're bringing up a good point, Rico. That was a great question because I think part of the frustration originally was, you know, uh, I don't know, pick, pick somebody, uh, uh, I don't know, Wanda Franco. Oh, no, uh, Zion Williamson, perfect example. You know, you invest in a Zion Williamson card. Uh, he's red hot. He's red hot. You submit the card. Some time goes by, and guess what? Zion is not as hot as he was uh, when you submitted the card. And I think that was probably part of the frustration on the investor part. But, again, I, I know a lot of my viewers are not going to be happy with what I'm going to say, but from a vintage guy, I look at it personally completely different. I, I know it, for me, it's, it's, it's the hobby first and the investment second. But I completely understand the young gun, the young investor who is looking at it as almost like day trading or the stock market. Am I right or am I off base there, Steve? Absolutely. That's one of the core segments that submit to us. And we kind of describe them as the Robin Hood community, the people that have come in and made uh, this into more of an investing game, you know, something to flip. Um, and, you know, in many ways, third-party grading enables that through the standardization of the grades and, and the ability to make that happen um, digitally on, on sites like uh, eBay, StockX, StarStock, things like that. So um, it's absolutely part of the part of the game. Um, I think our, our mission as a company is to never have a backlog again and to get to back to predictable turnaround times. We've stated that we're, our objective moving forward is to return all cards within 90 days. So once this backlog is completely diminished, we will have that as a primary focus of our business. So um, that might mean that we can't accept as many cards on the upfront given demand, but at least those who are able to get in know that they're going to get their cards back in a, in a predictable manner. Oh, good. Steve, uh, uh, do you oversee, for instance, some you know uh, your job as far as your job is concerned? Uh, the con uh, content on social media too. You on there, and you put together all the stuff that, that's on there. Yeah, I can't take personal credit for it. I have a fantastic team led by Ryan Green, who's a new hire, came over from Top Rank uh, Boxing, and Ryan has really infused yeah. a lot new uh, life and uh, engagement into our social channels, particularly on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook as well. So. You know, Ryan has uh, really done a great job of showcasing, you know, not only the cards that are coming through our facility, which has been, I think, a really uh, popular posting series, but also the, the user generated content that, that the fact that there's such a huge PSA community out there. And we love showing off when people are, are taking photos and sharing photos of their PSA graded cards. Yeah, that's good. You know, we, we talked about that last week. I can't remember who, who, uh, Oh, it was on Sports Collectors Daily. You know, Sports Collectors Daily, they're a big supporter of PSA. And, uh, you know, they encourage people to, to send their send the, their collections, not the, even images of their collections to PSA, so that you guys can kind of show off their collections for them. I mean, it could, I think it's really cool, some of the stuff that you guys are doing. I want to go. That's if I'm going to do yeah. it, you know, I want to go to the best. If I'm going to have my well, card, especially if, you know, some, some – uh, Cards that are really worth a lot. Uh, I want to go to the best. Listen, the best. And come Rick, on, you're dead on. Really, I'm not saying that. You know, well, from putting, hey, listen, Tom. Remember when I didn't know anything about the, the collectible business? That was so. Yes, yes, I know. What's a PSA? <laughs> public, it's a public service man. Yeah, that, that's oh. why I collect the best. I've got the right. Hey, right, holy, yeah. that's my What's favorite one. <laughs> Autograph. It's, it's autograph. Oh, it's yeah. autograph. <laughs> yeah, this is this is special right here. So. You know, Rico, <laughs> I forgot to tell you this. I got. Uh -oh. I, I, should, I should have posted it. Uh, our good friend, our friend Charlie Perino from Just Rip It, sent me a text, and I forgot to send it to you. He pulled a Rico Petroselli PSA Gem Mint Ten uh, oh, the other wow. night on 50. camera. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Oh, oh geez. <laughs> but, wow. Uh, you know something, Steve? Nah. Uh, you're making, Rico's making a good point about PSA. Look, at you guys are a big sponsor of the show. You're our corporate sponsor, you and the national. Uh, but down here in Florida, there's a little card show that I go to. Uh, they asked uh, uh, Staten Island Joe uh, and I go to it, uh, Rico. Uh, it's once a month. And it's called the West Palm Beach Card Show. And you know there's competition down here. Um, there's competition down here uh, of PSA uh, that's close by. 
But the point is, is that you, you go and talk to people. You go and talk to people. In, in my opinion, it's, it's, uh, it's all PSA. I mean, PSA, they, they just love. Listen, they get, have they been frustrated? Absolutely. But when, when push comes to shove, um, it, it's the go-to company. That's the way, you know, a, a lot of them feel. And again, Steve, I don't want to, this is coming from my mouth and not uh, Mr. Sloan's. No matter which way you cut it, and again, from an investor standpoint, if it's got a PSA, if it's in a PSA slab, I don't care who the I don't care who the other grading company is. Your card is worth more money, and that's the bottom line. That's my opinion. Yeah. And it's something we track. Absolutely. Yeah, it's something we track. I mean, we appreciate the support from the community. We think as we grow, like it's a network effect. The more people that uh, uh, see and collect PSA graded cards, just adds to that kind of spin wheel of, of, uh, momentum for us. I would say that, you know, as an industry leader our we look at ourselves as, uh, you know, needing to grow the hobby overall. I'm less concerned about what the competition is doing. I'm more concerned about getting new people into the fold, new right. people into, uh, yes. collecting in general, because that's really how we're going to grow and how, you know, collectors can make more uh, bonds with other people who share like interests. You mentioned like the, the social media and people sharing photos. I mean, that's what makes it so popular is the ability to see what uh, people are collecting exactly. that you might also be interested in. And so that's, that's exactly not us, right. that's the community. And so that's, you know, as a leader in our space, that our objective is to find more people who have those interests and bring them together. Before we take a break, Steve, um, two years ago, two and a half years ago, how many employees did PSA have? About. Ooh, probably uh, overall, I'd say Collectors Universe, which is now Collectors Holdings, uh, probably about 250, 275. Okay, now let's yeah. fast forward two and a half years to today. How many? How many employees? We're about 1,200 now. So, yeah, oh. you can see the about almost 4x growth there. Like I would say, too, our goal for the end of this year is to get up to 2,000 total. And that spreads across multiple offices. We are opening offices. Yeah, we're opening offices in the East Coast. Uh, we're looking at expanding operations internationally. Mm, um, we East obviously Coast? have Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, no. unfortunately, not not it, not at Fenway Park, but uh, well, no, I'll do it out of the house. <laughs> no, so, I, you know something? I still, before we take a break, I was pushing for that big time with, with when Joe was president. Remember that? Today, Rico and I were going to talk to Fenway Park. The uh, what's the name of that place? The Yaki the Yaki Way store. It used to be the yeah. Yaki Way store. What's it called? Yeah, now? no, we, it's a twin whatever. store. Twins yeah, whatever it is. But that no. would have been an ideal place just outside. Fenway Park to have a nice little grading area, like 20 feet from it. But well, let's kind of right. rule it out. We still have a lot of room for growth. So let's just yeah, get the, the nope. core operation up out there, and then you never know what could happen there. All right, we're going to so, take a quick break. Exciting. Exciting. The CMO of Collectors University Steve, is in the house with us, Steve Sloan. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. 
Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Now on deck with Rico Pastorelli. Rico Pastorelli. <laughs> Hi, my Hi. name is Willie. Time Hi. to on deck with Rico Pastorelli. All right. Hi. How you doing? All right. It's a recording, uh, Rico. It's a oh, recording. Oh. All right. I, I didn't realize that. <laughs> it's time for our new, not our new segment anymore. It's time for our segment on deck with Rico. Brought to us each week by our good friend, Brian Dwyer, and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. Extraordinary. Okay, here's this week's question. and the, This week's winner is actually, we're going to give out two of these today. One to the winner of the on-deck RICO question and one to the winner of the Stat Island Joe ugly bag pick later on. And this is is compliments of Mr. Petricelli. This is a signed picture of Rico catching the uh, pop-up in 1967 from Rich Rollins that pretty much it clinched. clinched Yeah, but... uh... It the big really thing clinch, but it was two hours later, you guys clinched. Not the catch, but the photo was. This was a tremendous because that's Jim Jim Lonborg, the winner, Cy Young Award winner. Is that, is that and yes? yeah, and yes, in the background, MVP, uh, Triple Crown winner. That's that's, that's why that whoever took it, boy, that, that's uh, I think an award winning type of picture you know something you're right because i never i never really paid attention to the yaz potter yaz is just yeah like, he's kidding me so anyway right, so yeah. here's, here's the question this yeah. week's question was submitted by mr wayne elliott wayne uh, elliott i don't know who the hell he is but here's the oh, question yeah. this is kind of an this is kind of an interesting question rico well let's how, hear it how does Boy, a batter, you gotta go to bed huh how does a batter and how did you adjust to hitting a curveball consistently. Oh, wow. I was a decent curveball hitter. Reason is because Ted Williams says, God damn, look for the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, as a rookie in the first couple of years, we're chasing curves in the dirt and the dirt. So he said, <clears throat> give me the advice. 
of when the don't make a move to to swing until after the pitcher throws the ball, lets the ball go. You know how you get ready. Think about you're in there. You know you're <clears throat> you're in your stance, and the pitcher's is winding up, and you're kind of just like a rubber band getting yeah. ready to snap. Well, don't do that until he throws, and then because it's like a changeup, it's a different speed. And unless it's in the dirt, you know, if it's hittable, you got a chance to hit it. So I did that. It was chancy. It was, I was guessing, uh, but I, you know, I became a decent uh, breaking ball hitter. And that's the reason. Who you threw, can't, who, who threw, in your opinion, of all the pitches you faced, and you oh, faced oh. a lot of Hall of Fame pitches, who had the best breaking ball? Or who was up there? Some, a couple of the besides, pitches that. Besides Koufax. Um, uh, <clears throat> You know, Burt Blylevin had a great one. Yeah, really tough. Yeah, Burt. And there were a few other guys that were now. Oh, uh, Raleigh Fingers. Raleigh Fingers had a 96-mile-an-hour fastball, and then he had that curveball. Him and, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to mention him. My knees are knocking. <clears throat> uh, but Raleigh and um, the uh, – Nolan, Nolan Ryan. Oh, no, Nolan yeah. Ryan had a good curveball? Yeah, I mean, he had a curveball that he would throw at you, and it would be coming, and then you see that ball coming at you, you go, ah, you know, you're screaming. <laughs> and then, boom, it's a curve over the plate. Now, he didn't have the great control with it, plus he had such a great fastball. But uh, there were other guys, too, but that's the way, you know, uh, that's the, that's the way that I was taught. Steve, jump in if you have a question. A lot uh, of guys, a lot of I can't imagine standing in against the Nolan fastball or curveball. I can't either. Rico, one last question before we get back to Steve. Is it more difficult to hit a good curve or a really good knuckleball? Wow, that's a tough one. Both of the curveball is down and away to a righty or, you know, from lefty's pitch into a lefty, down and away. It's very tough, uh, but you can make, make contact. Uh, but the knuckleball, when it's really good, <laughs> forget it. You, go, you don't know where the hell it's going to go. You go nuts. Rico, can <laughs> I ask you a question? Of course, sure. What, what's the most satisfying pitch to just nail? Like, you square up a fastball or you hit a, a hanging curve or hanging slider. What is just like, oh, I got it, like, from the perspective well, of the batter? Yeah. I think almost every hitter likes to hit the fastball. So you get a fastball, three and one, let's say the you know, the pitcher wants got to get it over the plate. He doesn't want to walk. There might be men on base, and then it's right there. And man, you know, it's like a balloon. Just a feeling. Just a yeah. feeling. Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, but you know, but a hanging curveball, <clears throat> you're not sure it's going to hang until it gets closer to you. So it's a little more difficult. All right. One last question. Holy jeez, what is this? One last question. <laughs> right so what? Point. What was the most to follow up on what Steve's asking? So what? At bat, home run was the most. And not, not don't say the fortieth. I'm just saying from a pleasure standpoint, what was one of your favorite home runs? Well, the World Series, '67 World Series, oh, hit right. two uh, two in the one game, and that was you know. I mean, we were behind, we had the win, and uh, I think I think I got it started, you know, with the home run. Then we went on to win, and uh, you know that was that was a big thrill. And the other one was during the season was against Vita Blue when Vita was just having a sensational year. And uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, hype when he came to Fenway and I hit uh, two off him. And, uh, you know, that, that was a big thrill, too. So a couple Good. of times, it was only a couple of games in my 13 seasons that I uh, <laughs> enjoyed. <laughs> Hi, Wayne. So Wayne Elliott, congratulations. Uh, Text me, email me, do what you got to do. Get some of your address and we'll get this out to you. All right, let's get back to Steve. Steve, you know, can you tell us about the, I guess you pronounce it, the new uh, game division, WADA? We WADA, are the yeah. authority. Can you tell us about yeah. that? Yeah, so it's a company we recently acquired under the Collector's Holdings uh, umbrella. And it, you know, very similar to what we do for cards and coins, but just for video games, third-party authentication and grading. And so Dennis Kahn and the rest of the leadership team over there has come over. They're actually physically moving their offices from Denver over to Southern California, and that's in place right now. And so, you know, what we're doing with, with WADA is really similar to what we're, we've done with PCGS and PSA in the sense that we're trying to create the structure around video games that you see in cards and coins. So the structure being 
consistent and well-publicized grading standards that the whole industry can rally around. Uh, population reporting, which is something that they had kind of held back on, but have now released to the first version of their pop report, which is just adds so much visibility and, and awareness to a marketplace. Beyond that, you know, we'll look at items like, uh, you know, uh, price guides for video games uh, as the market grows and matures. Same thing with the set registry and, you know, collectible wow. facts, things like that. So uh, the video game space is really interesting for, you know, personally, I, got my, I grew up with video games in the eighties and nineties. And, you know, while I always gravitated more towards cards and sports, uh, it's still a big part of my childhood. So we think there's a lot of crossover between people who uh, grew up in the eighties and nineties and beyond uh, with video games. And, and that's why WADA is a big part of the CU family. You know, when my son, Tommy, I, I think you're probably a little older than Tommy, but there was one game that he I bought him and he was nine years old and used to beat the hell out of me. But I finally beat him. Do you remember Mike Tyson? The oh, Mike yeah. Tyson. Mike Tyson punch out. And that's a crossover with sports, too. I mean, you think about Madden and, you know, all the great uh, releases from the Madden franchise, um, all the baseball games. Um, obviously, Mike Tyson's punch outs. You, you go to any convention. That was just you a see, great game. Yeah, yeah. I, you, I had, see I finally, of, you know, yeah. I'd work my way up and I finally got, you know, figured out who I had to punch and where, where you know, where to punch him. It was it was a great video well, in, game. In other, in other words, you cheated on your kids. No, so I, I used to beat him. I, mean, I used to take <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's a beat him. It's a I used to take satisfaction in being my so so this this new division steve uh how long has it been up and running well they just recently moved over in december and uh early part of january now settling in here to california but uh wada has been around for the last couple of years um really grew out of uh you know the brainchild of, of dennis who's the president and uh, you know they've, they've made a nice name for themselves in the industry. They have uh, some record uh, sales in their in their holder, yeah. um, so it, it's a really um, good opportunity, I think, for people who are interested in video games, maybe learning more about the space, to come into you know Collectors Universe or Collectors Holdings and see what it's all about. So WadaGames.com is the website. If people want to check it out. It is going to be relaunched in a way, a new website, yeah. fresh kind of branding now that new it's under branding, Collectors. Yeah. But um, with that, you know, I think a lot of people like myself and others, hopefully we'll see the nice crossover between the two. Um, that's if I could just real quickly mention too, like that's part of what we're trying to do on the marketing front with collectors. So we're going to introduce a rebranding of Collectors Universe to shorten it to just collectors and then launch uh, a new uh, look to the overall brand, which should uh, then enable us to bring together PSA, PCGS, which is our coin division, and then WADA on the video game front into a singular interface on, on, a, on a master URL cool. where people Very can cool. submit and get access to content across those three genres of collectibles. And then we'll, we could add more down the line. So um, that's part of our vision for really bringing more awareness across uh, collectible to uh, to people who might be interested in, in collecting multiple types. What about uh, other countries? You guys uh, are you, you in, and uh, you know, is there going to be expansion to other countries? Yeah, so we're already in Japan. Uh, we're looking at, in terms of Asia, having Japan and the Tokyo office be our central hub. Uh, but obviously, there's strong interest in uh, not only uh, Pokemon and TCG properties like Yu-Gi-Oh, especially in Magic the Gathering in Japan, but beyond Japan and Asia, like uh, in China, a huge interest in NBA basketball, emerging That's sports right. like soccer. Yeah, like so, so we have coin offices in China, and we're looking at um, obviously utilizing those in some capacity for trading cards. Um, so Kevin Linane is working out the international strategy completely. Of course, we can't uh, forget about uh, the UK, EU overall. It's another area that we're really interested in adding offices. Yeah. Um, that might be a little bit further down the line because we could only have bandwidth to do so much at one time. Yeah, but, oh, sure. uh, more immediate uh, focus right now is the East Coast office. And then, of course, uh, the building at the Tokyo office. Steve, any right. thoughts wow. on the uh, on the acquisition of Tops, or is it too early to tell? Uh, you know, it, what, what's what's your feeling about all of that? Well, it's kind of like we were just waiting for that other shoe to drop, and yeah. uh, it did. And so, you know, I, I like it because it's stability. People can see into the future, can see what's going to happen. And I think when you have that uncertainty, that's like, for the labor issue right now for baseball, for example, that creates 
issues for our space. So I like the fact that it's added that clarity that that's where this is headed and that Fanatics will be uh, able to pair up their 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 licenses with uh, the strong brand that Tops has been over the last um, you know 60 plus years, 70 yeah. years. So um, I, I, I think it's a positive in that respect. And I think, you know, the way that Fanatics will probably come in with their resources will really help grow the space. They have such great integrations to the team level, to the fan level. So the idea that, you know, as a Red Sox fan, as an A's fan, that we could be served up marketing in a really smart and intelligent way about cards, not just, you know, the apparel and some of the memorabilia collectibles they're offering, but cards themselves, that should be a good thing for the hobby. Can uh, can the hobby take another card company? That's a good Um, question, Rico. That is a good question. Um, uh, it's about licensing, to... in my opinion. I mean, <laughs> it's about how the leagues decide to divvy up their licenses, and based on the fact yeah. that 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 uh, sounds like Fanatics is going to have uh, control of you know the big ones for the next you know foreseeable future. You know, companies like Leaf have operated well without licenses. Upper Deck's done some things without licenses, but um, you know, I think most collectors gravitate towards the licensed product uh, yeah. as a yeah. as a first stop. So it's about innovation for those brands and how they can come up with a better checklist of signers and, you know, new innovations on the product line. So if they can do those things, then yeah. uh, they, they might have a shot. You know, Rico and I, because the reason he's asking the question is we're thinking about starting our own company, the national wiffle ball manufacturing <laughs> card company. Yeah. Nice. Hey, don't yeah. Uh, trade. Yeah. Right? I think yep. here, you never know. It's, uh, tell us about, uh, I know the branding is, is in the process of changing. Uh, tell us about the uh, the new PSA magazine. Now, do you do you have responsibilities for that magazine, or is that a different uh, genre? Uh, no, no, they absolutely have responsibility for the magazine, and um, you know the magazine is an important part of our content push. You know, I, I go back to my again, sorry, personal reference here, oh, but back to good. my childhood. Sure. I was introduced to the hobby by being handed a Beckett and a pack of eight of, uh, of, of cards. And Absolutely. so that combination for me just brings me back to a place where I had something physical in my hand. I could rely on every month to look up. Now, obviously the world's changed. Pricing is much more digital. We have apps like Card Ladder where you can check pricing in a much more regular basis. But um, the, the tangibility of our space is really important. And because mail days are such a central part of the PSA experience, we want to continue that with a physical print magazine. And so we've rebranded it to be PSA Magazine because PSA is much more than sports at this point. SMR stood for Sports Market Report. Right. So PSA is more about you know TCG, Yu-Gi-Oh, all these other third um, uh, TCG properties, plus sports. You know, we, we, we want to bring it all together under that. I love yeah. the magazine. I think it's, I, I've always loved the magazine. And it's really cool. Again, I'm using the West Palm Beach uh, 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 Card show as an example. Walking through that, you would not believe how many people are walking around with well, SMRs under their under their arm, or mm-hmm. dealers that have an SMR right there at their table, and you know they're always flipping through it, talking to people about it. So it's, I think it's, oh, it's really, great, really, yeah, absolutely. Really cool. absolutely. So, do you oversee? I mean, are you like? Do you oversee the the communication in both the print side of it and the electronic side? I mean, it's a hell of a responsibility. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think one of the challenges right now, we have a really small team. You know, PSA hasn't had a real uh, any real marketing presence over the last couple of years. To rewind the clock, I was the director of marketing before I became vice president of PSA and then eventually president. We didn't really backfill any of those marketing positions. The market was just roaring. We were focused most much more on operations at that point. So now we're trying to rebuild the department. So I'm in charge of developing the strategies on the comms front, both digital and print. You know, the magazine is a big part of that, but I need to hire. So if anyone out there is a marketer and is interested in sports cards, please. But you're not uh, going to relocate. <laughs> oh, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to in all instances. Oh, too, see, I can work yeah. out of my house. I <laughs> you can work out of your house. A yeah. lousy hundred grand for Pete's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. We no, are looking it's, for it's... a managing editor. So managing oh, editor oh, for our PSA magazine. So, you know, oh, if you uh, if you want to do some articles for well, us, you know, the, sure. Uh, hey, listen, no. Now, Ellen Ellen was in that in that business for forty years. I don't know if you yeah. know this. Ellen was president of the New England Press Association. However, she's got enough on her plate. Oh, <laughs> so, I was going to say. I was oh, waiting for yeah, the. Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> we do pay referral bonuses, Tom. So just uh-huh. to keep that. <laughs> uh, we're chatting with uh, uh, Steve Sloan, Chief Marketing Officer for Collectors. Uh, well, for Collectors Universe, for the whole nine yards. Um, how is it to work with Nat? 
Uh, Nat's, great. Yeah. I mean, uh, Nat's a young guy, uh, really knows his stuff. Uh, Nat, seems who? to be really, really even keeled. Uh, how's that all know, working Nat. out? Wait, yeah. so give us Nat. Give us some. Yeah, Nat say, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the guy has a lot on his plate based on what we're looking to grow this into. And he's incredibly involved and incredibly engaged at, at the employee level. He's installed a few really thoughtful and, um, I think, progressive uh things within the company walls here to help bring the company together under the new vision under new leadership you know and that's really collecting centric things like breaks for the employees and you know uh, ask me anything's where you know you as a sealer or a receiver you can ask a question directly to the ceo that's that's incredibly empowering i think for for employees to have that line of sight to the company's planning and the company's vision and it makes everyone really understand the cause much better. So I would say he's doing an incredible job of increasing in communication and outwardly, we want to increase transparency as well. Like what are we doing and how are we doing it? So that's part of my job is here is to increase that transparency. So we should expect to see more videos about our operations and our growth in 2022. And Nat will be a part of that. Nat will be a central figure in explaining how we're going to go about making this change for the for the now with the hobby. We'd love to have him on the show. Yeah, you we, know what I mean? And we've talked, Nat and I have talked, we've communicated quite a bit. And you know what I said? I, and I was talking, and by the way, uh, Steve, I got a I got a, a shout out to a guy. I believe he he reports to you, Terry Melia. Does Terry report to you? Yeah. Yeah. Terry yeah. has done a spectacular job for us behind the Good, scenes. Yeah. Uh Terry is always accommodating. We chat probably twice, two or three times a week. Uh, good guy, uh, not afraid to tell me where the dog died, which I I like. So I can be I can be a little aggressive sometimes, but uh, and, yeah, and Terry's a great guy. He's he's, guy. he's all over it. He lo- he throws himself into his work, and, you and know, he's, he's a, a true Red hobbyist. Fanatic, so he's a Red I, I, guy. I, I owe Terry, uh, you know, a lot in my career. He's he's been uh, we've had a relationship for it's been close to twenty years now uh, since I came over to Upper Deck in mid two thousand five, where Terry was there. So. He's a great guy, and I'm glad to hear he's treating you guys well. Yeah, he's he's done he's done a just a, a fabulous fabulous job. Um, let's talk about uh, just change gears just a little bit. So, the Oakland Raiders really suck. I mean, well, well, they don't Raiders. exist anymore. So <laughs> I know. I mean, they, I mean, they, well, the Vegas Raiders, whatever, the whatever Raiders. Yeah, but I mean, you say. And we're, we're in the, the playoffs. playoffs for the first time since 2016. Give me a break. Have you followed us? <laughs> All kidding aside, since they moved to Oakland, are you still a, are you a Vegas oh, Raiders Vegas. fan now? You know, I, I I am. I went to a game this year in Las Vegas to check out the new digs. Uh, unfortunately, it was against the Washington football team, and they lost 17 to 15 in a real stinker of a game. But it was incredible to see the the stadium. The fact that a team that I've followed. Uh, for my you know life it finally has some nice fancy digs instead of you know the old Oakland Coliseum or LA Coliseum it's just it's it's much better uh you know uh, digs I'll just say for for the franchise and I, you know I, ho- I hope they do well this weekend obviously it's gonna be a tall order there's four new uh four four quarterbacks who've never been in the playoffs before in this first round and mm. I'm excited to see how they do especially from from a hobby perspective you've got Kyler you've got uh, Mac Jones your guy you got Joe Burrow and you got Carr, who while the team made it in 16, he didn't he wasn't able to play due to injury. So it you know, Carr's less of a hobby influence, but guys like Burrow and Kyler Murray, I mean, collectors of those of those guys are going to be really and sports. Mac Jones is our number one submitted football player in the month is of December. Is he really? Yeah. Oh. Over Tom Brady. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, more wow. cards coming through our building of Mac oh. Jones and Tom Brady, which is an incredible uh, uh thing for a for a rookie quarterback. How are you feeling That's about amazing. it? That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know something. I, I don't know, Rick. How do you feel? I I feel that the Pats. Um, I I have a really good feeling about uh, Mac Jones. You know, <clears throat> they lost uh, last week, um, significant loss. However, you know, as I, we were talking off 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 here, <clears throat> he threw a pick six and he fumbled. He threw the pick six on about the twelve yard line, and the guy ran it back for a touchdown, I believe, or the twenty yard line. And then he fumbled on the six or seven yard line. Rookie mistake, no doubt about it. But he threw for 265 yards. You take those two plays and convert them, and they win the game. And people wouldn't be bashing uh, Mac Jones. Well, no, I don't think he'll be ever be anything good, real good, exceptional. I don't. Uh, why? Now, why I do you think say once that? once Belichick leaves, especially, and if they stay on, 
I don't think he's going to be that good. Uh, now, why do you say that? I say that because of uh, what I, I'm a man of experience. He's 22 I mean, years old. He's that a doesn't matter. That well, does not matter. Who you do says realize that get better. Do you Who do says? realize that his numbers at this snapshot in time are better than Brady's numbers? I'm not oh, saying he's talking. I know. Oh, yeah. Don't <laughs> even watching. mention that. That's are you guys watching Man in the Arena? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I've been watching it. Yeah, so that the thing, the main takeaway I took away is that you know we have this revisionist history in, uh, on Brady. It's like he wasn't always Tom Brady, and like he struggled early, and he had to he find himself through it. So I'm hopeful that Mac can do something similar. He'd, he'd be great for the to. hobby. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. You know, just going back, <laughs> Rico, but you would love to be wrong, I'm right? You'd love to I'm be wrong. Kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding with no. you. No, Rico, you, this, I, I don't a, know if you remember this, Rico. This was. Well, uh, 1976, one thing about the Raiders that has that always just, stuck in the craw. I was of, only eight years of, old. Of, yeah, of, of Patriots fans is the absolutely horrendous uh, holding call against Sam Adams. Was it Sam Adams, Rico? Uh, uh, it was when no. Katie Stable was the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Them, I just saw that on video. Cost them a Super Bowl appearance because yes. of absolutely uh, I, The audacity. Call. The audacity of a Patriots fan talking about missed calls against a Raiders fan when the snow bowl game is like the kickoff point for Tom Brady. I don't want to hear it, Tom. You know, I've had to go into personal therapy over that game, and and you're over here talking about a holding call four decades ago. Come on. There's one other thing, Steve. When uh, when Steve Grogan, Rico, I know you remember this. When when Steve Grogan – was I think it was Grogan was the quarterback, and they were playing. I don't know if it was for a playoff spot, or, but it was snowing like you wouldn't believe, and the score is tied, and all they have to do is kick a field goal to win. So what did the Patriots do? They send in a little snow plow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was that? sure. Yeah, the, guy comes, the, the maintenance guy comes with a snow plow <laughs> and plows out like a, an eight foot square area in, in the field. Kicks the field goal, wins the game. Vinatieri. Vinatieri was... No, it wasn't Vinatieri, yeah, I, I don't it. think. I don't think it was Vinatieri at the time. Yeah, it was before him, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah but it was It was pretty, pretty cool. Uh, all, all right, right. let's talk... Uh, 2020, we have a few minutes left. 2022 mm-hmm. predictions, Steve. The, the growth has been absolutely off the charts. A lot of COVID has a lot to do with it. What, is, what, what are you seeing in 2022? And then I want to talk about the national briefly. Sure. Um, I think I'll start with just the PSA side. I think collectors can expect lower pricing, which is a big objective for uh, Kevin Lenane, president of PSA and the management staff to get back to. So we're introducing something called submission events, which is the ability to earn an allocation through a lottery to be able to submit at lower pricing. So collectors should expect to see that being launched in early 2022. And that would enable lower pricing, which is, I think, what everyone's uh, waiting for in the face of our backlog. So we can limit the supply coming in to no more than 20% of our overall capacity. So we can allocate at least 80% to the backlog and, and work and burn that down. Um, on a wider on a wider uh, uh, kind of hobby outlook, I think it's it's going to be interesting. I think supply chain is a real issue right now. You see a lot of the delays in the releases from the manufacturers like Topps and Panini and uh, you know, Panini uh, Prism 2021 football, for example, not releasing, I believe at this point until, until March after the football season, that, 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 yep. that's not great. Um, so hopefully, you know, with COVID dissipating, we can kind of get past this, this Omicron push and just get past it. And then things can kind of return to normal. So we get product for people, get grading for people, and we can go back to where we were in 2019. We've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, we are planning, uh, as you know, everybody knows, where Ellen and I are just uh, on the final touches of uh, our latest book, which we're really excited about. Uh, we're, we're writing a book for Ken Kendrick uh, yeah. called The Diamondbacks Collection, 50 of the Greatest Cards in, collect- in Collecting History. And uh, we're planning on launching it uh, at the National. All we need excited. is a little eight-foot eight place. Is all you're going to do is yeah. come out an eight-foot table for us and uh, – we're trying to talk to sure. being there with us. So we're excited about that. I mean, the car, the collection that Ken has amassed is is worth its own book. And I'm, I'm excited to see what you and uh, I think Joe Orlando is contributing to it. Have had to say about the the uh, 
the collection and, you know, showing it off at the national is a perfect showcase. I mean, uh, you know, to be able to have books in hand and distribute those, I'd also say as part of like, we are ordering books as a company, we want to distribute those out to collectors. So follow psacard.com for your chance to get some of those books. Of course, and not only uh, that, obviously. If, if you're, uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're at the PSA booth at the national and you sign up to join, you'll get a free book, correct? Is that the way you usually do it, Steve? We have like in that. the past, you know, I, I can't exactly say how we're going to distribute them if it's connected to the membership just yet, but I know they will be available and we'll make sure that everyone is aware how to get them as we approach the, the show. All right, pal. Good luck the rest of the way. Good luck to the uh, yeah, Steve. Raiders and the, uh, and the yeah. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always good to connect. You guys That's are doing a great job on the show, and you know, please, oh, uh, I'd love to come back fun. on. Don't don't forget about me, even if oh, right. no, no, Steve Steve Sloan, Chief Marketing Officer of the Collectors Universe. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to try to find Al Crisofoli. Now he could be in a bar room. He could be at the Y, but we're going to find him and we're going to bring him on with us, Rico. At the Y? Yeah, working out. Oh, oh, working out. Okay. Yep. Bye. Well, let's hope. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. If you are a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return, on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalier and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. Sarah found out camping. What was that? Wasn't her thing. So she eBay board her tent to Tom, who just had to get out of his house. But Tom needed road trip money, so he eBayed the crock pot he never used. To Steve, who wanted to turn the heat up on date night. But Steve needed counter space, so he sold his decanter. Thought it was a vase. To Sarah, who'd found a new outdoor hobby. Red. 
eBay. Sell something and make room for something new. Okay, we are back. Hey, Reed, tell us about our friends at yeah, eBay. I know. I got so excited when uh, we were talking about it earlier, but you know, the folks know that eBay is the place to go for all their uh, memorabilia, sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone, or you want to just add your collection, add to your collection. <laughs> eBay's used marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra cash. I shop on eBay all of the time. That's eBay. Even underwear and all things like that, uh, you know, you can get anything on there. Connecting buyers and sellers globally. That's eBay. Wait a second. First of all, Al, welcome. Welcome. Yeah, buy my yeah, underwear on eBay. I was going to say that, Rico. <laughs> what you, so let me ask you this question, Rico. Yeah. Do you buy new or used underwear on eBay? It all depends. <laughs> I got to see them first. <laughs> <laughs> there's, any, there's stains on them. <laughs> can I, can I, then since we're going to, oh, since we're talking dirty laundry, can I, can I ask sure. the question? Of course. Men's or ladies? Uh, <laughs> well, all the best. <laughs> whichever's in the best shape. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, Al Christopher, big Al's in the, in the, <laughs> In the, in the studio. Well, Al's at home. Al, I tell you, when I first saw you, I said, oh, my God, he cut his hair. But you did. Oh, good. Looks good. Looks good. All there. Don't, don't cut it. Al, uh, lot of, first of all, I want to uh, – I didn't mention this at the beginning of the show to our viewers and listeners. <clears throat> we're going to uh, – starting probably next week, we're going to be doing a lot of what we call GAX, Great American Collectible Show Shorts, on YouTube – where we're going out, we're reaching out to some of the best experts in the country, Al being one of them, uh, Joe Tomasulo from Memory Lane, Layton, uh, a couple of guys from Heritage. And what we want to do is we spoke about this, Rico, uh, you weren't on, it was with uh, Mallory last John, week, yeah. or the week before. We, uh, you know, we've done a lot of research and we're going to be making recommendations to the average collector. What we think uh, a good buy for a vintage card, strictly vintage, um, for 2022. Um, you know, we're not talking uh, about a T206 uh, Thai Cobb with a green back uh, graded a PSA 8. We're not talking about those cards. We're talking about affordable cards that we think uh, are going to be a good investment, slow and steady, um, to make. Uh, over the course of the year. And I don't want to call them, Al, we, we don't call them second-tier Hall of Famers, but I'm going to give one, for instance. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and this was Al's recommendation. Al, uh, one of the first, uh, Al submitted some to me, and as I said, I'm going to be doing some little video snippets on our YouTube channel, and we're going to share them, giving our tips of the week. Not only that, but little news items, uh, you know, uh, about the industry and all that good stuff. But, Al, the first card that you recommended is the 1957 Tops, Frank Robinson, 1935. And then you give all of the reasons why, you know, PSA 8s are really, really expensive, but you can get a PSA 3, 4, 5 for under a grand, correct? Yeah. Frank Robinson, I don't, I don't understand – what's going on frank robinson was superman he you know he 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 won the mvp in both leagues he won a triple crown when he retired he was fourth on the all-time list uh, of home runs 586 lifetime home runs and he does not get the credit that he deserves he's first african-american manager in baseball history he was a senior executive with major league baseball he's number 22 on the sporting news all-time greats you know, greatest players ever, right? Was the sporting news. Yeah. Um, he was Superman. And for some reason, he's completely overlooked by this hobby. And, and it's not going to be forever. It's not going to last forever. Somebody's going to wake up one morning and say, hey, you know, look at the attention that we pay to Mickey Mantle and Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. And who were their contemporaries? Frank Robinson is right up there with them. And, so, and yet, you know, his rookie card and, and all of his early cards are really affordable. Now, as as 
you, as you being one of the experts in the vintage market across the country, have you seen an uptick in not only that card, but in some Frank Robinson cards? And, and no. I'm not talking you haven't at all. No. And no. I, I mean, <clears throat> you know, high grade Hall of Fame rookie cards in general right now are, <clears throat> are really popular. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people have chosen that way of collecting you know that's how they want to get into vintage with hall of fame but you're talking high grade hall of famers yeah or or anything i mean okay you know okay but but for some reason even though in general hall of fame rookie card collecting has has uh, you know improved uh or not improved that's not the word i'm looking for but uh, more and more collectors have begun to collect that way um what I'm finding is that, you know, a Mickey Mantle rookie card or a Willie Mays rookie card in any grade, a Hank Aaron rookie card, these cards have skyrocketed over right. the last couple of years. And the Frank Robinson rookie card has just kind of plotted along. It's just a card you can get. And and uh, I really, really think uh, that that one is poised to, to you know, just, people are going to realize, oh, my God, Frank Robinson was amazing. Why is his rookie card you know, so inexpensive. And then all of a sudden it's going to, it's going to start, you're going to start to see more and more action with that card in all grades, all the way across the, the board. I mean, if you can splurge uh, a little bit to, to get a really nice six or a seven, I mean, wow, you know, that's a, uh, you know, that's an affordable, excellent, excellent card. You know, I, I use <clears throat> I, I use the T Road guys as as uh, tobacco road guys as a yeah. template a lot of times because I, I you know being a T two O six guy I pay attention to what a lot of those guys are doing and the thing that I I like about that that group of collectors is that obviously for some of them like the Troy Rambo's of the world Troy. Uh, you know, the That's high right. grade stuff. The high high grade stuff is really important. Sure. But then a large majority of them, uh, you know, collect uh, PSA ones, twos, authentics, threes, and fours of even common players. I kind of that's close to my heart. Sure, you know, it, it really yeah. is. This is what's great about this hobby is there's room in it for everybody, and and you can collect. A, you know, you can collect high end players from really important sets without breaking the bank and you can go out and find really nice PSA ones, twos, threes, that kind of card that you can afford. And those are, they're great cards. Great. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) 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 No, it's, it was, it's really interesting. Uh, And I think it's a great idea, Tom, uh, getting information from, you know, Al and some of the other, uh, other experts. You know, we've gotten so many emails. Absolutely. And, yeah, we've gotten a lot of requests about, hey, can you recommend a card? Can you recommend a card? So, yeah, we're yeah. going to put some info together, yeah. and they're all going to be affordable cards. And, again, if you're looking for the quick buck, if you're looking for the quick turnaround, it's not going to happen. It will not happen. Right. If, you know, if you think you're going to be able to flip a card and, and make a you know $10,000 on it, those are the cards we're not talking about. We're talking about the cards for the average collector slow and steady slow and steady all right listen we got about two minutes left uh, uh we're gonna pick right now this is the rico petroselli catching the pop-up i'm not gonna go through all that here's the winner did he catch that this is the one that won that one i would have been that, dead i wouldn't have been in here now if i, lost, <laughs> I blew that this one the, this was the pennant clincher for the uh-huh. red sox in 1967 yeah, yeah. way back yeah no way, i didn't, right I didn't recognize it there's yeah, a very yeah. very go yeah, on cool. Yes, that's, is right behind him, yes. up and down. And Jimmy Lomborg—that's his ass uh, that you're looking at on the mound. Yeah, I mean, there's well, only a couple uh, of different photos out there of a Red Sox player winning a pennant. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> right, this week, we'll let it go for a <laughs> discount. <laughs> this week's winner, Chris Jasper. Jasper Chris is a big follower of the show. Nice, oh, wonderful, guy. Chris. Congratulations! Nice, Chris, congratulations! I hope you know, you, you know what you got to do. PM me, email me, do whatever you have to do, and uh, we'll or get else. Yeah, I need your address. That's all I need. Uh, what now, happens? 20, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, what happens if he doesn't uh, do it? Yeah, it gets carried over the next week. He, in other words, he's out. He's out. He's oh, oh he's done. Yeah. Man, he's a lie. One last thing. I'm also going to throw in. Someone sent this. To What's us. that? Cigarettes. Marlboro. <laughs> a Flair 1986 <laughs> limited edition Major League Baseball's best. 
22 sluggers, 22 pitches, six logo stickers, and 44 trading cards. Uh, we're going to throw this in with it. Al, Al, Al offered me how much did you drop me? Five grand for this? I think that wasn't that was wasn't that what I said? Five grand? Yeah, but forget it. No, I'm going to give you five grand. One. Wait a minute. I'll give you. A, <laughs> come on, partner. Al, what does 2022 look like? Real quickly. I, I'm I'm seeing the hobby is not uh, slowing down at all. You know, the enthusiasm is there. People are are fired up. This is uh, this is the best time to ever be in this hobby. Uh, you don't think this. Uh, negotiations should they lock out or strike? Will it hurt the industry? You know, I think I think any kind of of uh, labor issue, whether it be a strike or a lockout, over the years have has has disenfranchised some fans and sent yeah. some people away. And oh, yeah. and I, you know, I don't know what that does for the hobby, but there's, I mean, there's still people who haven't watched baseball since 1994. That's yeah. a good point. So, so it, Very good point. It's it's a thing. It, people. People get turned off at the idea of billionaires and millionaires arguing with each other. Yeah, about yep, so yeah. that's what happens when Rico, I, I and, think I, when, when Rico and I are, that's what happens when we uh, argue. He's yeah. a billionaire and I have nothing. Well, listen. <laughs> All right, Al, we love you. Have hey, great, guys. Al. Great. great As thing. always. Great week. We're going to see you down yeah. the road and we wish you nothing but the best for 2022. Absolutely. Be Good great, health. Too. Great year. Thank yep. you. And, and the same to both of you. Thanks. All right, listen, that about wraps it up, Rico. Have a good week. And Uh, you too. Stay Uh, stay safe. Yeah, Uh, I will. We love you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, well, that'd be nice, you know. And don't forget to send me the money you owe me. Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) Well, it just went up. The room just went up to 200. (laughs) That's right. I was staying at your house. (laughs) With that being said, we love you guys. Remember, Facebook. YouTube, like us, please like us. And uh, we're going to have some little uh, gag snippets coming up. With that being said, happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.